Welcome to the Small Groups in the Wesleyan Way podcast, where we are all about going beyond programs, beyond best practices, and in this particular podcast, going beyond curriculum to recover and learn from our Wesleyan roots and to explore the foundations for small groups that produce disciples of Jesus Christ who in turn disciple others. My name is Scott Hughes, and I am the Director of Adult Discipleship here at Discipleship Ministries. And I'm Steve Manskar, Director of Wesleyan Leadership at Discipleship Ministries. Well, from our introduction, I've already hinted at our topic, and that is curriculum. Um, Perhaps most accurately, we're going to talk about putting curriculum in its proper context, its proper place. Many of our listeners are probably familiar with Kevin Watson's book, Class, The Class Meeting, and if you're not familiar with it, I would recommend you put that on your reading list. And in that, uh, Kevin makes this point uh, quite clearly, uh, that too many small groups and Sunday school classes make curriculum a crutch. And I think he's dead on about that. Um, yeah, he, I, I agree with that, but I think we also need to define our terms. Um, yeah, that'd be good. That it's not so much, because as Scott, and, you know, before we started recording here, Scott, and you know, we'll have this conversation a little deeper, I think, here, but that curriculum is actually not what we're talking what Kevin I think is talking about in his book is not so much a curriculum or maybe what he's lamenting and drawing attention to is the lack of curriculum or an intentional curriculum but that small groups are dependent have become so dependent upon resources what I would call resources yeah you know small group studies which could be part of a curriculum because a curriculum, in my mind, leads to a has a goal in mind. Sure. So you know, like as Scott, for example, I I did my undergrad, my bachelor's degree, in uh, at a time in my life when I honestly didn't know what I wanted to do with my <laughs> life, and I knew I was interested in biology. So I did a bachelor's degree in biology, cellular and molecular biology. Ugh. So in order to do that, I had to study a curriculum. Right. That would lead to a degree in molecular cellular biology that involved a whole lot of classroom, you know, study, reading, classroom work, lectures. But it also involved lab work, going right. into the lab. You know, we, I, I remember I took a zoology class in which uh, an anatomy class in which we a ver- vertebrate anatomy class in which we dissected a cat we oh, all God. had a cat to dissect oh, and we also dissected a small shark which that was pretty disgusting but that sounds kind of fun I um, um but then i also had to take a botany class that was you know a com- you, you know we had to study and read and go to lectures but we also then had to go with the professor out into the field to learn how to identify plants out in the world um, up in, you know, I went to the University of Tennessee, so we went into the Smoky Mountains and hiked up Le- Mount Lacan. Cool. Oh, yeah, I've done that. That's and and uh, had this wonderful seminar on the trail going up to the top of the mountain. Oh, cool. Um, so, so there was this combination. So that's what a curriculum is. It's a combination of, of study and practical application, learning how to apply what you're learning in the classroom and in books, and then going out and doing it with, with other students, you know, in the case of the university, with professors whose job it is to teach you. 
And so I think the curriculum of what we need for small groups is a curriculum of discipleship. Yeah, that's right. Put that. Um, That involves, you know, of course, study is a good thing. You know, I like study. Oh yeah. And I enjoy being in a group of people who are we're all reading and studying a book. Um, Particularly, you know, my passion is around Wesley and discipleship, and. You, you know, reading, if we could, you know, read a sermon of John Wesley and then get together and talk about it sure. and discuss it and, you know, pull it apart and analyze it. And then at, then we always need to ask the question, okay, what does this mean for us and, okay. our, yeah. and my life and your life today? How am I living this out through the way I live my life? And, and that's, I think, the piece that's missing yeah, in a lot of small group ministry today is that we get so caught up in study, we focus on the resources, yeah. but the resource rarely leads to practice. Yeah. To do, you know, that's, it's, we need to be forming habit, what, what I would call holy habits, sure. um, practicing what Wesley calls the means of grace. Um, and, you know, the goal should be the pursuit of holiness of heart and life. Right, right. Yeah. So, so before we go much further, um, we're going to pause here. Um, I'm going to go Christian Ed nerd here in a minute, um, but uh, until then. Um, uh, <laughs> oh, gonna, I can't wait for that, yeah, Scott. So, hey, that, that happens. Um, uh, well, I want to pause, and, and we're going to play the interview. I had an opportunity to interview Warren Pattison, who is the Director of Adult Ministries at First United Methodist Church in Lakeland, Florida. Warren, I've had some prior conversation about curriculum, its use, its misuse, and I think we'll get a sense of that in this interview. Well, thanks for joining me. Um, I want to begin with, we're going to talk about curriculum. So tell me how your classes, uh, small groups, Sunday school classes, how they go about choosing curriculum. What's the normal process? Okay. Uh, we have a resource library, kind of a curated list of curriculum that is accessible to small group leaders. Oftentimes, if a group is looking for studies or if they're planning on a quarterly basis, or I even have some groups that will plan out six months to a year in advance, I wish I could clone them and get the other groups to do that. <laughs> right. But, uh, I will go in and, and uh, either with a leader or on my own, go in and select several titles for them to, to take a look at. And then they'll get together with their committee or the other members of their group and decide kind of where they want to go. Oftentimes, we'll have some guidelines from our pastoral team in terms of where they may be going homiletically. Oh, good. So if we have a sermon series or something like that that's coming up, I can uh, pick Bible studies that are particular to that or topical studies that are particular to that. And because we use a a curated resource library, I can be much more careful about the kinds of theology that are included in there uh, and make sure that what we have is really reflecting a a Wesleyan Arminian understanding of of the Christian faith. No, that's great. Um, so my next question is, what's the most popular curriculum? What, what do classes often choose? What do they like? It's interesting. I, when I, I would say six or seven years ago, there was a real resistance to most of the groups in this congregation anyway doing anything that was video-based. They really didn't. They really didn't want to do anything that was video-based. They felt, particularly for groups that may only meet for an hour or may only have an hour time frame on a Sunday morning, for instance, a Sunday school class or something, and they have other 
business to take care of. They may only have 45 minutes to really focus on a lesson. They didn't want to, to take time to do video. And so there was a, the difficulty I had there was a lot of the uh, Bible study stuff that was being published at the time was, was video based. Sure. There's been a shift, I would say within the last two to three years to classes going more towards a video based curriculum. Absolutely. And, and so video, t- video based seems to be really popular with folks. Um, and I would say in our congregation, at least uh, pretty much anything by Adam Hamilton seems to yeah. be, uh, seems to be really popular. So folks like uh, kind of have our Adam Hamilton groupies, so to speak. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we had a class. That's all they asked was just, all right, what's Adam doing next? That's, that's right, what we're doing. Right. Yeah, good. So so what happens? You said you have a, a curator resource list. Let's say a class comes to you and says, you know, we want to do Beth Moore or we want to do Joel Osteen or something that may not be on your mm-hmm. your list. How do you handle that? Typically, um, I, I ask them why they're looking for that. What is it that attracts them to that particular study? Is it the topic? Is it um, the teacher? Um, certainly, there are times when you're looking at resources like Beth Moore, for instance, which is really popular with the ladies uh, in our congregation. Okay, She's a dynamic teacher, um, mm-hmm. but her theology doesn't align with our understanding from a Wesleyan Arminian perspective. And so I often try to find out where they're going and, and make some, some alternative suggestions. I do have some groups that, that still elect to, to use those resources. And I uh, want to make sure that they understand who we are as United Methodists. What does it mean for us to, to have a Wesleyan, uh, understanding of, of the Christian faith. Um, there are some articles that I share with people. Actually, one of them is kind of a, a distillation from uh, Adam Hamilton's book, When Christians Get It Wrong, on Determinism okay. and Free Will, uh, that I that I share with people. Um, then a couple of articles by uh, Donald Haynes um, that uh, were in the United Methodist Reporter several years back that, that I captured that are really good about uh, helping people to understand the, the Wesleyan, under, uh, Wesleyan view of salvation and, and understanding uh, what does it mean for us to to be United Methodists. And then the wonderful article that or the introduction that Jim Harnish wrote to the companion reader to a disciple's path on why I'm a United Methodist. Uh, and, and those four articles, um, I don't always give them all to them at once because it okay. can be somewhat overwhelming, sure. but I think those do a really good job of helping people to understand uh, in a in a concise way, um, our understanding of salvation, our understanding of, of grace and um, that they can, apply that template to whatever curriculum they're using. Um, I do have some classes. In fact, I had one group that decided to do a Beth Moore study. Um, they decided to do the Beth Moore study on Daniel, which I kind of winced about. Okay. Um, and, and I, and I sat down with them before they started and I said, now this particular group had also gone through some other studies. They had, uh, uh, for instance, done, uh, the study in God's time, um, from the Wesley Ministry Network, oh, okay, uh, sure. and uh, then they had, and it's Craig, I can't think of Craig's last name now, who's the author there, uh, and then they had also done uh, N.T. Wright's Surprised by Hope, and so they had, mm. had done some work on apocalyptic literature and understanding that, and so I said, I, you know, I'm comfortable with you guys going forward with this because I feel that you have a solid Wesleyan understanding of, of, of these things and that you've, you've We've done some exploration of these together already, um, and they actually got through the first six chapters of Daniel, um, and when they got to uh, the second half of Daniel, uh, decided to stop the study. Interesting. <laughs> they just felt it was so uh, so divergent from our understanding of, of uh, apocalyptic literature uh, and, and said, okay, we're done. <laughs> and uh, they, they have not requested another Bethmore study since. So. Wow, that's an interesting story of 
Yeah, and, and that's really good that y'all have done that work together to get to that point. Um, so here's a question I don't think we talked about ahead of time, but has risen as you were talking. Do you do any training for your teachers or your facilitators, and um, and and how does that work for y'all? It's we do training about once a year, and generally it's in conjunction with a a larger church-wide initiative that we may be doing, typically around Lent or sometimes the beginning of the year, when we'll do a church-wide study, and I and I really do it more as an orientation or, or bill it as an orientation That's on good. that particular study so they can understand the ins and outs of where we're going or what the schedule may be or how the sermons are going to fit in if we have any particular special events that might be a part of that. But I also slip in uh, some uh, Wesleyan theology in there and, nice. and try to help them understand group dynamics as well. Um, as I mentioned, I do have those articles that I, that I share with folks. And then we also have set up um, – we subscribe to Right Now Media, which is you know an online uh-huh. streaming service. A lot of their stuff on there is not in our curated list. There's a lot of stuff out of there that we decided not to to include. But it also provides a training platform, and so I have uh, an online uh, training that is available to our teachers as well, and they can log in and go through and and have an understanding of uh, both the the logistical aspects of what may be happening with that particular campaign, but also uh, some understanding of group dynamics and, and Wesleyan theology. Okay, and I've got a little bit of familiarity with the Right Now ministry stuff. So did you customize that video that then people watch? Yeah, there there are some resources that are available through Right Now Media. They have some really actually very good small group training things on uh-huh. just small group dynamics and some humorous videos of that kind of thing, yeah, which are a, a fun way to set things up. But then they also allow you to upload your own That's right. videos. Uh, so the things that you have, you know, for training anyway, we haven't done that so much for the curriculum aspect or something that might be used in a, in a classroom or small group setting. Um, but, uh, that's really designed for someone who might be doing that on an individual basis who couldn't make one of the live trainings that we did or wanted a refresher on something. Yeah. Uh, so that, so that can be, that can be really helpful as well. And right now media does give you the ability to curate their list. So, uh, for instance, we don't have anything by John Piper on our list, though there's a lot of things available through Right Now Media. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that, that's helpful. I think a lot of people will um, be interested in that. I know uh, that's been a conversation I've heard about whether churches should use Right Now Ministry and, and what. So that, I think that could be some helpful advice for those who choose to use that. that that's good. So the last question I have for you is in terms of structure, like an overall structure, do you all have your church, something in place like a disciples pathway or something that helps members to progress in, in, well, I'll use Wesleyan terminology here in sanctification or in in growing closer to Christ. We, we do have a process though. I, if I could have my way and if the, the lay leadership and and pastoral leadership here would let me, it would be much more uh, intense. I think I have some friends in other uh, ministry contexts who, you know, have a longer uh, catechetical process than, uh, than really what we have here. But when people come in, generally we have, uh, it's very similar to what other United Methodist churches are doing in terms of, we have uh, a general orientation. Ours is called explore first, which is just helping people understand about the ministries and life of the church. Then we have the pastor's coffee, which is where they go and find out a little bit more about, you know, 
United Methodist history and doctrine, find out a little bit more about the congregation, get to ask questions of the pastors. And from there, we really encourage people to, to go into uh, Disciples Path, and we use the, the curriculum of Disciples Path okay. uh, that Jim Harnish and Justin LaRosa wrote. Um, I was on staff with, with Jim and Justin at Hyde Park United Methodist in the very beginning stages of that, just as all of that was beginning to come together. So it was neat to see that uh, come to fruition. Uh, and really going through the, the seven disciplines that are aligned with the, the five points of the United Methodist Membership Vow, prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness, mm-hmm. and you know helping people to develop uh, those seven disciplines. And really, if we can get people to to regularly practice those seven disciplines, I think we're, we're in really good shape. <laughs> yeah. uh, obviously, a part of that then is to connect them with uh, an existing small group or to help them uh, form a new small group and uh, to be engaged in a regular basis in some form of service to identify their spiritual gifts and be engaged in that way. Now, not everybody goes through that process. Not everybody does that in that order. Not everybody does the disciples path. So we have uh, other processes that are that are in, developed though perhaps not as finely tuned as we would like for them to be okay. in terms of capturing other people uh, who may have perhaps taken a disciples path in another congregation and said I you know really don't want to go through that process again <laughs> but but then helping sure. them to identify uh, groups and and uh, understanding what their spiritual gifts are and connecting them to, to give space service here in uh, this congregation as well yeah I think that's really helpful because one of the things I hear about the disciples path is sometimes we can almost make it as if we're producing a product, right? And it's got to go through the right steps. When, mm-hmm. when we're dealing with people, they come to us with various experiences and we've got to help them with wherever they come to us to then progress. So I think that, I think that's an important point. Uh, well, Warren, we appreciate your wisdom. You've been very helpful about curriculum. And um, so thank you so much for, for being with us today. And, and who knows, I'll talk with Steve. Maybe we'll get you out uh, a prize, a reward of sorts for, for being part of this venture with us. So, so thanks, Warren. Absolutely, Scott. Thanks for inviting me to be a part of it. All right. Thanks so much. So as I said before the break, I'm, I'm going to go Christian Ed Nerd. Um, and what, what, what I mean by that is um, I want to define – you talked earlier about defining our terms. Let's, let's define curriculum. And curriculum, the word itself, has to do with – a defined course to be run towards a goal or an endpoint. And, and you kind of named this earlier that we tend to confuse curriculum and resources. And, and those, are, those are different things. In fact, our, our colleague Melanie Gordon just wrote a great piece, brief article on curriculum, Does It Matter? And I encourage our listeners to, to find that. And though she directs this towards children, I think it very much applies for adults as well. Um, and so uh, the part we need to think about is not just the resources, but the curriculum overall. And, and when we make that distinction, I think that helps us better put into context what exactly to expect from a resource. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things we also talked about is that, that it can't just end with, with head knowledge. We can't just walk away and go, well, I've, I've learned some new things. I understand some things better. That, that's good. That's fine. There, there's a place for that. Um, but it's got to be more. You talked a little bit about that with your uh, curriculum for biology, right, that there were lab works and experiences. And I think we miss out. We don't think about that as part of the curriculum of discipleship of retreats and camps and family ministries and how all those things can work together for a curriculum of discipleship. And, and I think, um, Steve, you can expand on this more. Uh, being the director of Wesleyan Leadership, and how 
Uh, this is about pursuing holiness of heart and life. Well, yeah, that's why I think since the mission of every United Methodist congregation is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. And what that says to me then, if we're thinking missionally, um, particularly in terms, and I, I'm convinced in, in our Wesleyan tradition, the best way of making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world, where that happens is in small groups. Right, that's, that's why we're um, small groups. Where, where relationships of love and trust are formed and where there's accountability for the practice, for the living of the Christian life that's shaped by our rule of life um, as the, uh, well, our rule of life is the general rules. Right and which has been adapted into the, the general rule of discipleship, which is to witness to Jesus Christ in the world and to follow his teachings through acts of compassion, justice, worship, and devotion under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So a curriculum of discipleship is aimed at helping people live in the world as disciples of Jesus Christ. So it doesn't end at the class. Right, it's shaped, and it's shaped by that rule of life. So any resource that is a you know a study and you know and a, a great resource that we have today that's produced by the publishing United Methodist Publishing House is Disciple Bible Study. Right. It's probably one of the most popular resources. Yeah, been around but it's still a very good one. And I know it had a huge impact on me as a young man. Me too. Um, it led me, it helped me discern my call to ministry. Yeah. And I know it's done that for many, many people. Yeah, I go back to youth disciple. Yeah, study. that helped me in my call. So yeah. So, so that as an example, disciple Bible. You know, Christians need to know the Bible. Right. So that could disciple needs to be a foundational resource, resource yeah. for a curriculum of discipleship. So it, it gets you into the. It gives you very foundational knowledge of what the Bible has to say to us, and then it helps us to apply and to discern what the Bible is saying for us today, and for my life, and your life, and for the mission of the church. Curriculum leads to practice, to the development of, of habits. Yeah. See, that's, that's the piece that seems to be missing in a lot of places, in a lot of small group ministry, is that the focus is on sort of the head knowledge, the the reading and the discussion and the you know the good fellowship that you have with the other people in your group, but it, if it doesn't lead to these habits of you know practicing the means of grace, the works of piety and the works of mercy that help to form holiness in us, then that's that's where the the blockage happens. And we end up, you know, the, the illustration I like to use is, you know, that discipleship is, being a disciple is a lot like being a musician. Small groups are people who spend a whole lot of time reading and talking about the piano mm. and how to play the piano the and who are the great piano players and composers. And so after a course of study and, and uh, several studies, they, you got a group of people who know a whole lot about the piano and about great the composers for the piano and how the piano is played. But if they actually sat down at the instrument 
how to do something with it? To make me, they would have no idea how to make music with it because they haven't made, taken, engaged, and committed themselves to the discipline of playing the piano and sitting down with a teacher who is a piano player yeah. to teach them the discipline of music. You get what I'm, oh, does that make sense? So I have two middle schoolers at the moment, and one is learning the trumpet and one's learning the trombone. And it is hard to listen to them make music at this point. <laughs> but I think that's true for discipleship, right? It, when we really get out and engage discipleship and grow in our faith and, gr- and start growing towards holiness, that's a messy process. It's not an easy process. It's hard. We stumble. We fall. We get yeah, up. it's we, a process of trial and error. And, right. But you have, to, you have to get out there and do it. Well, and the, and the discipline part, I want to kind of pause there for a second and re- reiterate that, is the, the discipline of, he's, my, my sons have this worksheet they got to fill out and say, yes, I've practiced my instrument for 30 minutes today, right? That they have this discipline in place mm-hmm. to help them um, train. And it, and it takes that in, in a curriculum of discipleship of, today I've, I, I need to be in prayer. When am I going to do that? I need to be in scripture. I need to be uh, in fellowship. I need to be in worship. I need to practice those disciplines right. in order for growth of discipleship. Right. The other thing I want to step back and reiterate that you said earlier that I, I think needs um, emphasis, and that is the general rule of discipleship and the general rules. We've, we've talked about those and how if, if I'm a pastor or I'm a uh, chair of a Christian ed department, and I'm thinking, oh, wow, Steve and Scott are saying I've got to kind of rethink how I do all this. Um, I, I think what you and I would say is we don't have to do this uh, from the beginning. We have some resources in place mm-hmm. like those to help um, give the overarching goal for discipleship that then small groups, Sunday school classes, and then the resources find place within that. Right, and and, I, and I, I think that needs repeating because that's so important that we have these tools. We don't have to go find them somewhere or get a committee together. We, we're good at that uh, um, to develop them, but they're, they're already in place. They're 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 Wesleyan, and can help us in helping grow disciples that in turn grow other disciples. Right. So I think yeah. that's that bears repeating. I also want to bring up another conversation we had before this, and you said this to me when we first started talking about this, and and I think you're dead on, and that is how the way we use resources slash curriculum is that it, instead of making disciples, it often forms consumers. So say more about that. I thought that was really insightful in terms of how the way we use those. My experience in, in fact, the church that I'm part of now in Nashville um, most of the small groups in this church are Sunday school, adult Sunday school classes. And it's my experience in this, it's a large congregation, is there's no, in, no direction from the staff okay. as to what each class does. There, so there is no curriculum. So each class is free to pick whatever resources they want to study and so it's just this whatever people feel like doing at a whatever particular time, whatever their interest yeah. is at the time or whatever someone is motivated and really excited about, yeah. they'll just take, lead, you know, they'll, they'll, the class is more than happy to give leadership over to anybody who's willing to step up and do it. <laughs> right. And so you end up with this real ad hoc 
haphazard. random yeah. haphazard studies going on yeah. that don't really have a, a goal in mind of disciple formation. It's simply, a curriculum. Right. It simply keeps people, you know, they have a good time together while they're doing it. Yeah. But I, my really question whether or not they're being formed is in discipleship. Hmm. Just continually formed as consumers. It's and that, so it's, that model. So that's what, you know, I keep re- being reminded of that quote from Mike Breen that when you make disciples, you always get the church. Mm. But when you make the church, when your focus is on building a church, you rarely get disciples. Mm. And what you're more likely to end up are consumers of the religious goods and services provided by religious professionals. Wow, yeah, that, that's good. And I think that's the dominant culture yeah. of small groups today. I think it's is that it's that. it's we we are consumers yeah. of resources, yeah. And those resource. My question is, how are those? Does your congregation have a curriculum of discipleship, in which each resource that's used in the small groups is part of that cur- curriculum intentionally? Yeah. So you know, I you know, I suggested a curriculum to a, a congregation. Yeah. Do you want me to talk yeah, about yeah. that? I'm going to say one quick thing and then then expand on that because I, I think what you said is really good, and, and that is just to to acknowledge we're always being formed, right? We're we're being formed in the image of something, right? We're always yeah, and that, that often yeah. happens unintentionally when there's not an explicit curriculum. So yeah, give us the the curriculum that you were. Well, just really quickly, I was. <clears throat> In another congregation here in Nashville where I was a part several years ago, <clears throat> I noticed most of the adults that I encountered in Sunday school classes and worship and other social gatherings, they were people who had been in the church all their lives, but they were really not formed very well as disciples. Their, their knowledge of basic Christian doctrine practice was very shallow. Um, So I suggested a simple curriculum of catechesis, adult catechesis. And that's, I think that's a place for us to learn about what we're talking about is to go and learn about the catechumenate. Yeah, to get Christian. We don't have time for that today, (laughs) but I encourage you to do some study if you haven't already, learn about the the catechumenate. So this is my idea of a of using existing resources, most f- published by us here at Discipleship Resources and the United Methodist Publishing House. So you start with By Water and the Spirit, which intro- go, it's an in-depth study. It's, a, I think, six-week in-depth study of baptism, our, the United Methodist understanding of baptism. You follow that with this holy mystery, an in-depth study of the United Methodist understanding of holy communion. And then a, a good a follow up to that then would be the first companions in Christ, which I think it was like twenty four weeks, in which then the participants um, learn about the means of grace, the the spiritual disciplines, yeah. the practices and of the works of piety and the works of mercy. And I know at the end of companions in Christ, they encourage people to look at forming a covenant discipleship group. Um, other studies, of course, are disciple. Then could then, after companions in Christ, then go on to do disciple, yep. um, and then follow disciple. Another follow up to disciple could be Christian believer. Yep. I um, 
And then there's great, there's been some, in the last few years, some very good studies of our Wesleyan tradition, you know, by Adam Hamilton, Revival, by Jim Harnish, The Disciples' Path. Those are good things, good resources for teaching people about our Wesleyan tradition. Yeah. Um, and while they're doing that, they could be part of a covenant discipleship group that helps people to practice. Yeah, that accountability. Um, the, to be accountable for living the Christian life yeah. while they're engaged in this curriculum of discipleship. Yeah, and I'll add just a few things. I mean, I think I think those are those are dead on, and we've talked about the impact of disciple, and it, it's it's great. I, the one thing I would ca- I've noticed is Companions of Christ. It is very good. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend it. But yeah. I know in the congregation I had before, there was this great resistance to it because it was focused on spiritual practices and not on head knowledge. Yeah. And so I had to kind of go a different way to get there. And as people who were first resistant finally came aboard and became a part of it, were just amazed at how much they grew because of it so yeah yeah i I would highly recommend those and christian believer as well i really enjoyed so one quick piece of practical advice and we'll wrap up here and and that is do some evaluation you can do formal evaluation do some surveys in your church or just start asking people what are you studying why are you studying it where is it leading you how are you growing and and begin to do some of that work to to find out and, and help build a curriculum a way of running towards a goal in your church, in your congregation. Um, any last words before we give our wrap-up? No, just I would just say again, one, you need a rule of life, a congregational rule of life that sh- that gives direction. For the whole the whole, for the the whole, whole ship. congregation. The whole ship, yeah. And then you build your curriculum around that rule of life. Yeah, that's good. So as we've said before, we want, want you to interact with us. Uh, we will send out goodies, rewards for those who uh, tell us how great we are. Or or you can just send send Scott an email or a tweet saying, you guys really suck. <laughs> yeah, send those to me. Don't send those to Steve. And we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we, we'll even send, we'll, we could send you a book for that. That's right. Yes. You, just want, you just want to know you're listening. That's right. And, we, and we that you've engage. thought about what we've said. You don't have to agree with us. That's right. And we want your questions, right? We, right. We, we, we want those. So you can find me on... Twitter at, at Rev Scott Tweets and also at UMC Adult Forum. And I'm at, on Twitter, I'm at S Manskar, at S M A N S K A R. And also, you can find uh, a lot more resources on umcdiscipleship.org. You can find me on Facebook, Stephen Manskar. Yep, and I'm, I'm on those social media platforms as well. So we look forward to your questions and comments and connecting with you and helping in any way, with, any way that we can with small group ministry. Until next time, peace. Peace.